it's actually quite terrifying and scary to be so raw, open, and just vulnerable for everyone to see. So where do we all set up at? Wherever you choose. Get over here and give me a hug, brother. How are you doing, man? Awesome. How about you? I'm doing good. Glad you're back. Hell yeah. Hello again. Over the years, motorcycles have become just so much more than just a hobby. Uh, especially in the ADV adventure dual sport community, I've found kind of purpose with this community. I've found chosen family. I found camaraderie over something that everyone is just so passionate about. It's kind of a egoless community. Everybody's just there to have a good time and ride. Learn from somebody that's better than you. And that better person's learning from somebody who's better than them. It's not a competition. It's just enjoyment. But over the course of the years, it's become very therapeutic for me as well. I don't really listen to music. I don't really listen to podcasts or books or anything when I'm going down the street it's 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 very rare that I do I take that time to process my thoughts have conversations with myself about things that may be going on going wrong in my life things that are going good in my life planning a trip business stuff I mean there's so much that goes on when you're on those two wheels, just bebopping down the road, finding those trails, finding the gravel. You know, that's just, that's pure enjoyment. And honestly, I have a lot of really great things in my life. But when I'm on that bike riding somewhere, I find that's when I'm at the most peace. When I am at the most comfort in my life and that's just kind of where I want to be. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about the Get Lost Find Yourself event. Uh, it's an event I came up with uh, the beginning stages of last year. It was actually a uh, sort of a, a dream that I had the end of last year. And what the event is, is a uh, two-night, three-day moto camp out, uh, just exploring some of the North Vancouver Island. And uh, the reason why I'm doing it, well, we're going to be raising awareness and funds for men's, men's mental health. And why men's mental health? Well, because it's a topic that's very uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, I myself personally have been struggling all my life, uh, or living with, struggling, battling, combating, however you want to say it, with uh, with depression. I really didn't really really know that I was. You know, there's such a uh, a shady area around men's mental health, and you know, uh, us as men, we're we're not supposed to talk about it. We're supposed to be tough. I think I was like 19 the first time I was thinking like, you know, the world might be a better place without me in it. I thought maybe Casey could find somebody better. Thought, you know, Everybody be better because I didn't have to borrow money all the time. I don't know. It was a struggle. But that was the first time I remember thinking, man, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should pull the pen and end things. And then that thought kind of lingered around here and there. Not all the time, you know, because I think depression is like a wave. You know, running through the gears of life, really. You know, you hit the rev limiter once in a while and then you back it down and you're just not in a good spot. You're constantly spiraling downward. And when you smack the bottom, you don't even know how you got there. Listening to yourself too much, not seeking help from others, internalizing everything. I hit there probably a little over 10 years ago. I had a breakdown, straight up breakdown. Everything in my life seemed to be falling apart. You know, you find out one little nugget of information and it just breaks the straw. You know, you're so just clinging on to. And one little moment just everything shatters you don't realize that you were already on this trajectory of hitting the ground then it was just i was out of control i don't know how else to say it i started out on this path of just self-destruction at the time, I didn't realize what I was doing, but learning, I think I was on a very deliberate path. I was trying to push anyone and everyone 
who was my friends, family, anything. I just wanted to push them away. I wanted people to, essentially, I wanted people to, to hate me, right? You know, I became angry and vindictive and mean, horrible parent, horrible spouse, horrible friend, horrible son. I just wanted everybody just to piss off. Boy, this is <laughs> nice little road right here. Really pretty. Critter's doing his thing, throwing rocks at me. That's all right. That's what we like. That's the real reason we wear chest protectors. Oh, there he goes. There she is! Stephanie! Oh my god, she brought the doggies! Of course we did! Oh my god, hi! Oh, so good to see you! Bye-bye. Yes! Hey, man! Hey! Oh my gosh, look who it is! What's up, bro? Yeah, you bikers! I'm a biker poser. Why, could you pull up on this? Well, I brought two bikes. Then at some point during this breakdown, I was told to try to find some help. And I did. But I didn't want the help. There's a big difference there between finding the help when you want it and finding the help when you don't want it. You have to be able to let go of the not and to the acceptance of that. And at the time, I was just going through the motions. Blah, blah, blah. This is what you want to hear. Let me get out of here. Right? Don't really want to be here. Don't want to put in the work. Don't want to put in the effort. Just, I got my plan later. I couldn't sleep at all. I was insomniac, just incredible. It's up late. Man, whiskey was your friend. And uh, just be up to dealing on the past and my failures and what everything I perceived as a failure, even though now I look at them and I'm like, I don't think those were failures, but man, at the time you just, you pinpoint on these little moments of life and just, you just blame them for your current trajectory. And these little pins are just these massive planets now of just self-contained hate and just, ah, everything. Then she gave me some sleeping pills. You know, take one of these as needed. All right, well, it was almost every night I needed those. Slept pretty good, but I was dreary because of them. I think I was taking these pills and I've never been a drug person. I've never smoked pot never done any kind of drugs like that and I don't understand what was going on in my head and why I was feeling drowsy and well, just constantly and I just 
put it to this other stuff and it just grew out of control. I would just lay in bed and just cry. I don't know. I'm just trying to let stuff out. I would just cry like uncontrollably just cry. I couldn't stop, you know, I was just there. Then, uh, you know, you do all these actions, you know, you push the kids away, push the wife away, allow yourself to be taken up by another girl. And, you know, you have all of that just just this whole thing where it was just like, yep, yeah, good, right? This is this is what we wanted. Nobody likes me anymore. Awesome. Walked into my bedroom. Casey was out. The kids were both zonked out. Dogs out. I opened up the sleeping pills. And I just stared into them. I don't know. How many were there? It wasn't a lot. But I thought enough. Right? That's enough. Threw the whole bottle, rest of the bottle in my hands. Looked at them. Put them in my mouth. Chugged a little bit of liquid. I was like, yep. We're done. We're checking out. Don't know why, but I figured I'll just go to bed right here. Crawled in my bed. Out. Went out. The next morning, I woke up surprised and had the thought of, am I still here or am I dreaming everything? What is going on? I was completely discombobulated on what was going on. I had this headache. I was nauseous. I was just sick to my stomach. And I had this overwhelming freaking emotion of what did I just do? Like, are you that dumb? Like, Something happened. I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. And then the overwhelming guilt. The overwhelming feeling of being ashamed. This overwhelming embarrassment just washed all over me all at the same time it was out of control 
It was uncontrollable. I, it was... The worst thing I've ever done. It was the worst thing I've ever done. I remember my kids coming home from school. Just looking at them. And hiding everything inside. Because I wanted to be a good dad again. But I didn't know how. Right? Spent a long time pushing everybody away. I just didn't know how anymore. Didn't know how to be a good husband again. I didn't know how to take what everybody saw on the outside. And have that for me to feel that on the inside. It just, it wasn't there. It just wasn't there anymore. And I struggled with that for a long time. I don't even remember how long it was before I said anything to anybody about that. I took this. The only person that ever did know was Casey. I took the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment. I didn't want anybody to know. Nobody can know this. This is mine, right? So what do we do? Push it down inside again. Forget about it. You're going to be fine. Right? I don't know when this happened. I don't know. And it's probably a while after this whole episode. But I remember thinking what that therapist told me about. Our minds are essentially like a file cabinet of information. We have all our information and these, and we have all our feelings and these, you know, and, and sometimes those drawers on the bottom open up all the way, right? You just have this drawer open up and inside you have filed away your depression and your self-loathing and your self-hate and everything that's negative that you think about yourself that goes in this file cabinet and sometimes i don't know something happens and that drawer opens a little bit sometimes it just gets tore all the way open and then you hit it hard and all these files go all over the floor Got all your your junk. All, all of you. All of everything that's negative is just on the floor. But you have to do the work to pick those up and put them back in the file. You have to do the work to make sure they're going in the correct place. You have to do the work to file it all back in its place. And shut that drawer. It's hard to shut that drawer. And I've done that. But over the last 10 years, that drawer opens up sometimes. A couple of things fall out. Sometimes I don't recognize them right away. 
sometimes the whole past stuff is right there haunting me again. But I have to do the work. I have to find a way to recognize that that drawer is open. Put all that stuff back and lock and, and close it. I want to lock it in there. I, I so badly want that just to shut, lock, throw away the key, and never think about it again. But that's not life, right? It's not life. I think about sometimes I'll be at a really happy event. You know, now I have a granddaughter. And both my kids, again, are expecting. So I'm about to have three grandkids. And I'll, I'll be at a family event that's just the epitome of what a family event should be, right? Love and happy and hugs and just really being in that moment with your family. And there's times I just look around and I'm like, look at everything you would have missed. How selfish of you. Right? That's not selfish. I was lost, confused, didn't have tools, and didn't have the courage. That the courage word. I didn't have that to be I'm struggling. I need to scream this to the fucking world and say I'm fucking struggling here. But I couldn't. It was easier for me to take that route than have to face everybody looking at me and worrying like the what if game. I asked for something. Oh, you're you're this, you're you're broken, you're you know, something's wrong with you. I didn't want to face that. I was embarrassed to face that. Young and dumb, right? You know, we had, uh, saw Everly yesterday, and I had one of those moments, you know, where I'm just sitting there watching her and kind of goofing off with her. We're playing these little word puzzle game. I was just looking at her. I was just like... Dude, you almost missed this. Like, you almost missed this. This moment. That's a true tragedy right there. I think if you're struggling right now, I think it's okay to reach out and find that help. If you know of somebody that's struggling right now, it's okay to strike up a conversation. We have to, as men, encourage this culture to help people. 
it's okay to let your guard down and be vulnerable. It's okay to step away from the proverbial guy code. You know, it's okay to... It's okay to cry, man. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be depressed. And it's okay to find help to put your files away and shut the drawer. I never thought when motorcycles were becoming more than a hobby to me. I felt like it was just my zen place just to be just to be cruising down the road and thinking about things. But what it's actually done through an entire series of events through life led me to meet Critter. It led me to his video. It led me to ponder on me for a while to do something like this now. I couldn't have done this six months ago, a year ago. Not even sure I can now, but I just feel like by me talking about my story, knowing that I was broken, knowing that I was damaged, knowing that, that struggle and the march to get back through the shit, to get your life back together is important to say and is a key part in the foundation of the foundation of just bringing this to the forefront that we can talk about this I'm forever grateful for my family and friends and for Critter and, and everybody that has came into my life, like the Mixed Nuts group up there in Vancouver Island. And there's, you find your little life angels in the weirdest of places. So try to be that for somebody else. My name's Ian, and that's my story. <laughs>